so sick of the sweet sock. Welcome back to another episode of Tea Time with Linz. I'm your host, Lindsay. Thank you again, Poe the Passenger, for the intro music. All right, let's just delve right in. Today's guest is very special, Matthew Quinn. Now, Matthew Quinn is not necessarily a Hollywood Fringe Festival staff member. However, he knows so much about the Hollywood Fringe Festival. That is what we're going to be discussing today. We are going to be dissecting Hollywood Fringe. So, if you're new to Fringe and are thinking about doing Fringe, this is the episode for you. If you're a veteran and you're going back and there are things you missed, like I missed last time, then you're going to learn a lot. So there's also, Matthew Quinn also does a three hour long workshop. If you go to, I'll link this in the episode as well, but if you go to www.hollywoodfringe.org forward slash projects forward slash 4267 again, I'll link it in there. It's a three hour workshop. You, it's usually $100, but there's a discount. Early bird, you can get it for 80. It's going to have so much more stuff than what we are talking about today. I would highly suggest doing it. And I really hope you get a lot out of this episode. All right, Matthew Quinn. Welcome to the show, Matthew Quinn. Um, so I specifically wanted to have you on because I wanted to talk about everything Asylum and the Fringe. Because, Excellent. Um, so I obviously did the Fringe this year and you were such a great resource and you had all these amazing like events that you put on and Zoom stuff because of COVID. Um, they could be in person as well. So I just wanted to basically, because I was new to Fringe, I mm. basically wanted to... Just ask you some questions, specifically Fringe, just for other people who are going to do Fringe. And because I just, I found you such a great resource. So thank you for making my Fringe experience so wonderful. I'll definitely Lindsay, thank you. Next year. Um, but I, so question number one, like for somebody who knows nothing about Fringe, i.e. me earlier this year, what is like the first piece of advice you would give somebody going into Fringe completely like not knowing anything? That's a great question uh, because I do see that quite a bit. And I mean, my, my first kind of off the cuff answer is Fringe is an incredibly open community and they're very friendly. And it really is a place that I think someone could feel safe kind of taking a leap of faith and just go in there and they have events starting now. I mean, Fringe is in June. Uh, but they already have once a month events over at the plunge. And these are called office hours. And it's basically a chance for people to come and meet each other. And one of the big things, and Lindsay, you probably saw it too with, with the fringe is, is the community mm -hmm. and the community is very open. And I think it's something that people can kind of feel safe to step into and ask those questions to people. Because uh, everybody, especially the veterans, are very helpful uh, in sharing their information. Um, I will also take the time to kind of make a plug for myself. I teach a workshop, uh, How to Produce a Hollywood Fringe Production. And that's a three-hour intensive that you can take that will basically give you an overview of everything you need to know to do a fringe show. Um, and I found 
we created that for people to kind of take and see, is this fringe for me? Um, and then the other thing is, is enjoy it, have fun. This is an opportunity um, to further your career, to meet people, uh, today, take those important next steps. Um, and I, I applaud anyone who kind of takes that leap of faith and jumps into the fringe. Mm -hmm. So that would be my first thing. Just jump in uh, and start meeting people. Um, so you just did a plug about your workshop. Where can you people find your three-hour intensive? Uh, uh, thank you very much. So, yeah, I've started the workshop already. Um, you can find it at hollywoodfringe.org. And it will be listed there on the first page. And uh, I'll give my reader, or my readers, <laughs> people are reading this. Hello, my readers out there. I can link the, uh, I can link the, the oh. Link oh, you can link, okay, great. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'll give you a, the, the, the discount code is early bird. Early bird, okay. Early bird, because I'm a big fan of early birds. Yeah. Um, the class is 100 for three hours, but with the early bird special, it's $80. Oh, perfect. Okay. Well, I'll link that into the bio so people can perfect. watch that. Um, so I can actually send you the full long link if you want to. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You send that to me and I'll loop it in um, because I think that'll be very valuable. So because you specifically work with the asylum, is that correct? Correct. So uh, disclaimer, I'm not not actually a member of the Hollywood Fringe staff, although I've been uh, producing and venue managing since the first Fringe. Uh, and actually, fun fact, was a Fringe staff member for five days oh. uh, before we realized it was better for me just to occupy independently. And then the venue system that I run, we run anywhere between five and eight venues, is the Asylum. Mm -hmm. um, so that's our, our, our venue management company. So... Because so you said you've got five um, stages, is that correct? Five venues. Correct. So they're located. We make deals with venues across Hollywood. Yeah. So we have a variety of stages, which work very nice for Fringe, because you know every show fits a certain stage. It's not every show is made for every stage. So mm -hmm. having a variety, having a stage that's very small, having one that's larger. Um, really helps kind of fit each show to the correct stage. Yeah, it's so funny because um, you were so, you were talking about the early bird. So when I registered for, I don't think I no, I hadn't even registered for Fringe. I'd put my um, show up onto the Hollywood Fringe website, and then the Asylum was one of the first people to reach out and send um, venue ideas and like. Mm -hmm. and so the early bird thing that actually it captured my attention right away because I'm, I'm on, I'm as soon as I'm like got something on my mind, I'm like, okay, this is happening. Um, so I jumped on that, found your, um, looked at your details and we had a meeting and then it was the first venue that I saw. It was a Stephanie Fury theater, which is an absolute beautiful theater. I am so glad that was where my solo show first debuted i was just like love it so the early bird thing is real yeah. there you go they, yeah well thanks for showing my marketing plans uh can be effective yeah 100%. Uh, that's great that's great to hear um and i've got to flip it around too i've got to say that the performers the producers that come out early that do the early bird mm -hmm. you see them 
do well and you see their their shows do well and you see them kind of partake in it. So I I, I really if, if you're out there and you're like, I want to be part of the L.A. theater community and I want to start looking at meeting directors and playwrights and actors and, and start doing shows, jump into the fringe. Um, it really is that kind of environment where you can really grow with it. And then also, I do have to give a plug out to Stephanie Fury Theater because it is one of my favorite theaters. Yeah. Um, it's just cute, great size and has an amazing set and prop room in the back. Oh, it was perfect. It was yeah. honest. Yeah, I just I now have like a really fond spot for that theater. And anytime I go past it, I'm like, <gasps> totally totally yeah yeah. and it's just such a beautiful space um okay so you have your workshop for the fringe like obviously i know you're not a fringe Uh, it's so funny because when like halfway through the fringe i thought you were a fringe member and then it was only like towards the end i was just like oh he just no he just like you've just done it so often that you just have all this knowledge and i love the fact that you share all this knowledge because obviously it benefits you and it benefits people who are using your spaces so obviously it's like a win-win and I just love the fact that you are just so open about your knowledge because you know some people get a bit weird and secretive and I just think that's a bit like mm, whatever and so, <laughs> yeah. so I, I, I love the fact that you're so open um, well thank you and I'm with you with that in terms of sharing knowledge and it absolutely it's only served good for me I mean yeah. it's good for the people I share with but it always comes back um, yeah. You having a good fringe is good for me because you're going to tell somebody I had a great fringe. You should talk to Matt Quinn. Yeah. You may even ask me to be interviewed. But all of that is like good. So, yeah. And I think that's kind of fringe spirit. I, I, I don't think I have a monopoly on it. I think a lot of vets do get this attitude of, of helping each other to succeed. Yeah. So because of COVID obviously like fringe just had like a little dip of yeah online shows and that was what in 2020 and 2021 yeah so it was 2020 is when they actually canceled it and okay. then 2021 was the it was going to be all digital and people yeah. were a little nervous about that and then it kind of switched to a hybrid okay i did watch some of it yeah yeah oh it was cool yeah i mean the quality was mixed but it was kind of cool to see, like, oh, we can get a new audience this way. Yeah, yeah. I did, yeah, I did definitely partake in that. Um, and so then this year, it was obviously back to being live, which was mm-hmm. amazing. So next year, hopefully, it's going to be... This year, this, this is the other thing, too, is, like, this year, because of COVID, I didn't partake in, like, a bunch of the office hours and some of the meetings. Next year, I'm definitely going to redo Fringe and go full, like, steam ahead. Because it was it was funny. You had a bunch of stuff going on, as I recall. Yeah, I had two little small babies, and then I got yeah, COVID. Yeah, that would I, do it. Yeah, and then I got COVID through my run. Do you remember that? Yeah, it was so helpful. Thank you so much for rescheduling that show. Honestly, like I. Oh, of course. Well, you weren't alone. I mean, that was an interesting thing. You were. I mean, we had quite a few, and we all did it right. We all just yeah. said, "Okay, let's just push it back." Yeah. And it was just like, I was absolutely devastated. And then you just like, within like a couple of hours, you were like, what about this date? Brilliant. And it all just, everything <laughs> just fell into place and with everybody who was like on the crew and on set. And it was just like, oh, it would, it just, yeah. Anyway, so oh, wonderful. Again, again, thank you so much for your help. But so you 
do you have these like you were saying you have the happy hour you have the off open hours the office hours mm -hmm. um but basically so you have all these events there was a woman who came down from canada and spent like the whole month doing fringe mm -hmm. what is so for somebody who's coming out of america like the someone's coming from canada someone's coming from england yeah. like and they're spending the whole month here like i just did a three day or a three show run mm -hmm. some other people did like multiple multiple shows like i mm -hmm. think like i don't was it i think there's is, was there an eight show package i'm not sure i can't so remember the packages it's a it's a good question i mean it normally Five is kind of what you'll see the most of. Okay. Um, but there are a few groups who will do the seven, eight, nine. And I usually recommend that only to veteran groups. Like you've got a following. Because it's tough to get audience in Los Angeles. Yeah. Um, so few shows, concentrating on a few shows really, um, I think, really helps you out. Okay. So then my next question is for a bigger, so Stephanie Fuhrer's 45-seater. Say you do like a, a solo show or like a two-person show, but you do it in a theater that's like a 90-seater, what would you recommend? Would you recommend doing like five shows or would you recommend just doing like two or three? Good question. Really good question. So my kind of mantra with venues is find the smallest venue that your show can fit on stage. Mm -hmm. So audience is really tough to get. So having a smaller audience is going to help guarantee you a better run because it's far better to have a 50 seat house and get 50 people. That's a sellout, right? That yeah. looks great. If you have a hundred seat house and you get those same 50 people, it looks like you're only half full. And even though you have the same number of people, <clears throat> the perception for the actor, for the performers, yeah. for the space manager who could ultimately decide whether you're going to get a best of extension in July is going to look at that audience and say, wow, that's only half full. So a solo show, and we learned a lot of this by doing French. So the first year I had a solo show say, I want to book your 90 seat house. It's going to be great. And they got five, 10 people in the house. Now, five and 10 people in a 20 seat house is half full. Yeah. So we learned rather quickly that it is important to kind of really be upfront with how many people you know and, and what is your poll going to be. So to your question, if I needed a much bigger space, like if for the set and, and the actors and dancers and musicians, I'm, I'm needing a big, a big space, then I would suggest doing fewer shows. So if the average were five shows and you were in a, 50 seat house that's great if you were if you were in a 90 seat house i'd probably say just do three shows and with regardless of how many shows you do you want to spread those shows out as far away from each other throughout the month of june and you may be like ah oh, but what am i going to do for those five or six days those are the days you're going out and seeing other people's shows mm -hmm. connecting with people at the bar and social events and building your audience for the next show so it's fringe is very different very different than a normal run normal run you're running thursday friday saturday sunday at eight o'clock boom four, mm -hmm. four to six weeks but for fringe you're going to run five shows at odd times. 
You're going to have one show a Thursday at seven. You're going to have a Sunday at four. And you're going to spread those times and dates out evenly throughout June. So it is it is an awareness of your audience Mm -hmm. and, and not thinking that, oh, I'm doing a fringe show. Therefore, people are just going to show up. Yeah. Because they don't. There's a very small kind of random audience at this point. It was, in, in fairness, it was really growing in 2019. Um, and I think we've just kind of stepped back a few. Um, but it was really exciting to see last year's Fringe. It really felt like it had recovered significantly yeah. and that we were kind of heading in the right direction. Yeah, there definitely was a buzz and I definitely felt that and it was really exciting, especially coming out yeah. of your show and then seeing a whole line of people going into the next show. That was really wonderful. Yeah, um, that's it. Especially at also the odd hours as well on like a random night. So it definitely gave me, I was just like, it, it gave me like this excitement yeah. Um, so just going back to what you were saying about somebody who's going to extend your show, like doing the the encore stuff, like mm-hmm. because I didn't know that was the other thing too. I've got the email about like the awards and stuff. I didn't realize you could apply for all of them. I thought you had to choose one. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, dear, the things I wish I'd known. Um, but now you're coming back and you're going to knock it out. Exactly. So, and also that was a. This is like two questions. So basically, I want to come back with the same show. Can You can do the same show. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's a case-by-case situation. Um, and, and, and one of the things I do actually mention in my class that I talk to all producers is you've got to ask yourself, what are my goals for this show? Yeah. Do I just want to put it up and that's it, be done with it? Or am I developing this piece? And yes. every show is going to be a chance for me to rework it. Um, I've had shows come back. I, my suggestion with coming back is if you've had a show that is like blown people away, like if you had a show that's won awards and you got great reviews, I would say kind of take that and congratulations and use that to go to the next step. I do see shows that had huge success, like won an award the first year, mm-hmm. come back the second year and it's a little disappointing it's like hard to capture lightning twice yeah but shows that are kind of like you just did three shows right mm-hmm. yeah so and you, it was, it was a workshop probably... as well that's what's we, that we, we went into the uh, fringe as a workshop so we yeah. basically just developed the show the first night was out because we had the tech in the morning that was the first time that was our dress rehearsal basically <laughs> yeah. that, so the first night was our full-on tech our dress rehearsal yeah. and that those three shows basically was a massive workshop and it was yeah. wonderful for that i'm so grateful for that so right. the reason why i would want to go back next year is because i'm like this is now like a full-on flesh show it's evolved things have been yeah. added things have yeah. been cut and then obviously like about the encore stuff like i didn't know anything about yeah. that stuff because i just had so much going on so now i'm just like okay and then yeah so that that's why i would want to do it again um, but I understand 100% the lightning thing. Yeah. If you're, if you're successful, you're, yeah. Yeah. If you've done that, it's kind of like you can't, what, what are you going to do? Win the award again? I mean, yeah. and people are aware of those types of things. Oh, they're back. Well, I've seen it. Yeah. Um, but I think in your case, and I think anybody who does a workshop for the first round, that's kind of the next logical step, right? Yeah. Like you've kind of worked it. And then as you've pointed out, like with the awards, you're going to know about the community. You're going to have a much more like 
on uh, not encore, much more um, fringe, like with the fringe community. You've now got the script, you've got it tight, and you can kind of enjoy, right? Yeah. Meeting people and doing your show. So, I, Lindsay, I think that's a great plan for you. Yeah, so I'm excited about that. Um, there was a second question in there that I, oh yeah, the encore thing. So yeah. with the because you were saying about that was a really good point, and I didn't even think about that. But you were saying that if somebody, like if the person from the encore committee goes to your show and it's like you're in a 90 seater but you've only got like 50 people there that's a really valid point which I did not even think about um so obviously they look at stuff like that and especially with all the awards I'm assuming they look at stuff like that um and I just didn't even think about that yeah um so I'm glad you brought that up yeah, it's a- definitely though there's kind of counterintuitiveness sometimes with the fringe like in some ways, a four o'clock show on a Saturday can be even better than an eight o'clock show on a Saturday, because at four o'clock, you're not competing with everyone. Yeah. Whereas at eight o'clock, you're not only competing with every venue in Fringe having a show, but, but also, also every venue in Los Angeles yeah. having a show. Yeah. So you kind of need to think on everything. And it's, it's tough. That's one of the reasons I do the class is that it is different thinking in a yeah. fringe that's it's see even just talking having this it's just like it is just like so insightful to me um and also like with advertising there's websites there's noho arts that i only yep. found out about after i think it was on my last week and i was just like oh and <laughs> <Yeah>. not <laughs> no about that um and so there's all these but like i knew about the fringe one because the fringe you can pay to have your advert up I knew right. about that because I got direct right. emails from that. No ho arts I had no idea about. Um, and also next year, I'd probably have like a big uh, page ad in mm-hmm. the Hollywood Fringe brochure because I didn't do that this yep. year because yep. just, just funds were tight. Um, how effective the brochures, because obviously everything's so digital nowadays. How effective are the adverts in the physical brochure? it's an excellent question um and i'm torn we talk about it a lot i i'm i kind of like tech and i kind of like the vision and future thinking of it so i'm like hey it's going digital like stop fooling ourselves let's like qr codes for programs digital ads excuse me bouncing sending uh text and all the whole digital realm of it for advertising however it has been pointed out to me, and I fully agree. Uh, theaters and old art that transitions very slowly. Yeah. And so even probably within my lifetime, we will still always need the paper products. You are yeah. still going to need to print cards. You may not be printing as many, but you're going to need to print them. Yeah. Um, in terms of the ads, it's tough. The program ad of the fringe... Um, it, the program guide is changing. They're still going to do guides, but they're definitely, again, an awareness of the digital sense. Yeah. I think, again, what's your goal? If your goal is to say, and I think, Lindsay, this is what's perfect for, and not to make it about you, I know this is about your audience too, but you, the first stage of your show, you did it just to develop the workshop. Why get ads? Why get reviews? You're still developing the show. So mm-hmm. save your money. Now, the second one, you've got the show. It's tight. It's ready to go. This is a good time to start. Like, I want everybody to know about the show, so I'm going to buy an ad for it. It's all about where you are in your process Mm -hmm. to say how I should spend my money. 
Um, I personally am more of a fan of the digital ads um, than print ads. Um, but again, I think in a, in a fully realized marketing plan, you really are going to want both because part of our industry, part of our audience is mm -hmm. still older yeah. and they're still relying on the print. Yeah. So it is, it's tough. You kind of have to have a two headed dragon with marketing to look at both traditional and kind of new age techno stuff. So just going back to the asylum specifically, mm -hmm. so you have five spots what because i only saw one of the spaces what are the you got hooked on that stephanie I fury literally walked in i was yep. like this is it i literally that's, that's just, the yes you know? yeah that's it that's the, the space you walk in there and you just know if yeah. your show's right for it it was yep. it was per it was like the perfect size because i knew i was workshopping yeah um all that stuff i was just like this is and because also because it's 45 seats it felt it feels like you don't realize that it is 45 or like 50 or how many it is. Uh, 42 in the front row, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so 42. But even if you were like, we were saying, even if um you didn't have the seats at the front, the benches, and it was just half full, it still feels like a full yeah. space, which is yeah. absolutely wonderful. So your other spaces, because I didn't see them, can you just tell us what they're like? Absolutely. Just, just so others think like yeah. thinking about doing this. And, and listen, also in, um, not to keep plugging my class, but in my workshop, I actually go through every venue. Oh, perfect. At the fringe and okay. literally say, oh, every and, and okay. take off my asylum hat and say, this is a great space if you want to do this. And this is a great space if you want to do that. Um, in terms of the asylum, and again, I, I, I recommend to everyone, part of the fun of fringe, and I know you had a lot on your plate last year. Mm -hmm. But part of what I push producers, this is a great, <clears throat> this is a great time to go out and see a lot of venues yeah. and meet a lot of venue owners and kind of get on people's radar. Um, and if you're new to producing and you're thinking, well, this is, I got another show I want to do. You may not, I get a lot of people who don't book me the first year and they come back and they'll actually say like, I wrote a play for Stephanie Fury space. Oh my goodness. So I'm yeah. going to put my show there. Yeah, I can and, imagine and, that. And, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's really, it, it's amazing when you go through this over the years, how this, these things really kind of happen. Um, on, on the large, largest size, we have the McCadden Theater. So that's a that's kind of my ideal space. It's a huge stage. It's like 23 feet wide, 25 feet deep, and it's got two levels. Oh, so you could okay. do, it's like an upstairs, downstairs with stairways and everything. Wait, I feel like I've been there. You may have seen a show. It's a really cool space. It's right near the LGBTQ center. I've but what's been cool there. Yep. about it mm -hmm. is it's 50 to 60 seats. So you can do your big musical, but yeah. you don't have to be on a 99 seat theater, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it is kind of what my ideal musical space. Mm -hmm. um, and then we've got Thymele, which is uh, actually within it is three different, three to four different spaces. And those spaces too, there's a 25 seat theater. There is a 45 seat theater. There's a 60 seat theater. And then there's a hundred to 200 seat theater in that complex. Now these are build your own theaters so they have chairs you can do them in any configuration oh, they've got yeah. like yeah mm -hmm. it's a really cool flexible space and again what we look at for at asylum is to give people options um and then on kind of a flip side 
And if anybody is familiar with Edinburgh Fringe, mm -hmm. which is the world's largest fringe, they actually have most of their venues are storefronts and bars, right? Yeah. So they've got like 500 theaters. Mm -hmm. Most of them fall into just renovated spaces, schools. Most of them are, are universities that have been changed into it. But here in LA, most are traditional theaters. But because of the space, space issues that are coming up in Los Angeles around the world is we are starting to see some storefront theaters open up in LA. So one of them that I ran last year is the Wren Theater. And that theater is actually a 40 seat theater built behind an Irish import shop. Oh my gosh. So it's like in a strip mall right near Fringe Central, like right near the main thing. And it's an Irish import shop and you go down the aisle and then there's a 40-seat theater, a really cute 40-seat theater in the back of the oh store. Gosh. I might have to right? that. <laughs> yeah, well, it was it it popped in late. I actually yeah. think you probably had booked it very earlier because I approached him closer near the, the end of booking. Yeah. But yeah, it's kind of a and I see quite frankly more of those spaces opening at fringe. I love and they're, stuff like you, that, yeah. Yeah, and they're cheaper. Yeah. And they're kind of fun. They're unique. Um, so I think next year, uh, you know, knock on wood, we're going to, you know, have pretty much the same setup as, as we had uh, last year. Uh, I think that was about 25 venues, mm -hmm. um, maybe a couple more. Uh, and so without going into all of them, yeah, um, I would say if you Go to the Fringe site and check out the venues page. Um, there's great descriptions of all of them. And, and take a look at them. All of them have different elements, but pretty much everyone on that list is going to kind of set you up and, and work you, yeah. help you. So we're talking about spaces, and I just I know that the complex um, right now is, yeah. is in a bit of trouble because of the landlord possibly not renewing their lease. And the complex, for anybody who doesn't know, is a big space where you can go and do rehearsals you can put on shows because they they they're part of the fringe as well right you can do absolutely there. yeah and um, a big right in the center of fringe yeah and it's a huge huge space i literally even as soon as i moved here i did so many rehearsals there yeah I've got so many fond memories from a decade ago um so i was actually shocked to see that the possibility of it not existing yeah. i was just like what that's like a hub i feel like I've seen shows there. I've recorded stuff there. We, I even rehearsed for Fringe. There, that was our first um, rehearsal space. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, so that's in danger of possibly going. And I'm just, I don't understand what would, where people would go to rehearse. It, um, it's obviously really, there's, it there's is more spaces, but it's a huge. There's like I think what seven studios. It's yeah, it's gigantic. It's five rehearsal spaces and five theaters. Wow, ten, yeah. So it's huge. Yeah. It's been around 30 years. Uh and Matt Chait, the owner, actually retired. And then the person who he passed the stage on also retired. And he came back in. And yeah, his lease is up at the end of this year. Uh the landlord does not want to renew the lease and the rumor is that they are going to sell the building and you know demolish it and and mm. you know make it another high-rise uh yeah. housing type of thing so um this saturday actually at 12 o'clock there is going to be a rally and this is going to be outside of the complex which is on um 
Santa Monica Boulevard and Wilcox, mm-hmm. uh, right down there in Hollywood. It's just everybody's coming. If you if you hear this and you can make it, it's just going to be kind of bringing it out. Uh, they're trying to make the goal of it is they're trying to bring attention to the issue, yeah. and they are attempting to make the complex a historical landmark mm-hmm. that would then kind of prevent it from being demolished and all that. But there's a lot of hoops with that, including having somebody willing to buy the building to keep it as a theater. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, with things like this, it's about getting the word out and, call, you know, bringing attention to the issues. So uh, I'll be there uh, rooting it on. But, yeah, it's a, it's a big element post-pandemic. Uh, we've had quite a few theaters uh, close. And this would be sad because this would be probably the biggest one. And, you know, technically we're like out of the pandemic. So yeah. it's sad to hear that it, it's like, oh, we made it. And, uh, but not. Yeah, Ugh, it would just be devastating. Um, is there anything else you would like to add on the Asylum Fringe? Like anything I haven't asked? Because I'm sure I have. Um. No, I think this, this has been great. I think it's given kind of a nice overview. Um, you know, really, I I guess if I were to make my, like for my workshop, my two points, I, we've been in San Francisco, uh, San Francisco, LA for about 15 years. Yeah. Um, and when we first moved here, um, it wasn't until the fringe that I felt I met the LA community. Like I owned a venue, like we, we owned uh, the, fourth venue theater. Um, so I was meeting people, but the fringe was really welcome to LA. Here are the press, here are the venues, here are the actors. And I met everyone. So if you're new to the, fr- the LA community, or if you're old to the community and just want to join this community, mm-hmm. um, join the theater community, come on in and, and, and take a chance. It really is opening and welcoming. And if you don't do have a show, come and work for Fringe or come work at Asylum. We love people who work with us the first year, learn a lot and come back and knock it out the next year yeah. at Fringe. And the, the second thing I'll bring up for everyone out there in terms of well, what's the point of Fringe? What's next? Why would I do, you know, um, there's a story I would tell b- back in 2019 um, for anybody who's seen uh, Fleabag, yeah. the Amazon streaming series that won Best Comedy and Best Actor for the writer-actor uh, Phoebe Wallace-Bridge. Um, that TV series was discovered at the Edinburgh Fringe in 2013, Mm -hmm. even though it only got a three-star review out of five stars in the newspaper. So it wasn't like a runaway smash. And it got picked up and it became a TV show. And that's not going to happen, obviously, to everyone who does the Fringe. Mm -hmm. But it's really exciting to know that there is an opportunity for things like that to happen. There's an opportunity to go to New York City. There is a scouts that come in. Actually, I, I'm one of them who scout shows for Off-Broadway. And every year for the last two, three years, two to three shows have gone Off-Broadway to present their shows. Again, it's not for every show. Not everybody's going to get it. But there are really tangible opportunities yeah. coming out of the fringe. And if you're not concerned about all that it's just a great place to go and meet a lot of fun artistic people yeah that's fabulous thank you so much this has just been i mean i feel like this has been helpful so much for me so i 
can't imagine what how helpful it's gonna be for somebody going into fringe not knowing anything so thank you so much <laughs> Matthew, for just joining me on this early morning rise um and yeah i just appreciate your time i appreciate everything you did for me during fringe i appreciate you just as just, uh, as a human being thank you so uh, much Lindsay, th and thank you for having me this is great i really appreciate the chance to kind of talk my talk and i am so excited to hear you're coming back so you gotta I, i'm gonna send you the link and all that but let me know keep me in touch i want to talk we're, we're getting going yeah no i'm definitely gonna redo it i'm uh, my show actually got into solo fest uh in january so i'm doing oh, yeah so i'm congratulations. doing congratulations um and now I'm just like applying for other festivals. I want to do, it. yeah, I want to do Edinburgh Fringe 2024. That's my goal. Wasn't oh, my goal. And then on the Friday night of my run at the asylum, the Stephanie Fury, um, somebody was just like, oh, your goal is the fringe, right? This, I could totally see this in the fringe. And I was like, it wasn't my goal. Um, <laughs> didn't even think about fringe. I just thought, the, I thought Edinburgh Fringe was so out of reach. Yeah. Because um, obviously not, just because it's so far away but I was just like oh it's gonna be so expensive but then I started digging and I'm like oh this is doable yeah um but I'm a planner I like to plan things I'm like 2024 <laughs> that's a realistic goal. that's a great plan you know you've got to save some cash you've got to save yep. you know so anyway yep. so I was like okay good for um, you I love it yeah so anyway so I will definitely be back next year all right and uh, yeah, I'll definitely be in contact with you. So thank Wonderful, you so much. Wednesday. Please send me the link. We'll do. Um, I will add all that stuff in. Great. And Matt, thank you so much. Thanks a lot, Lindsay. Uh, you have a great day. Yeah, okay? Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye now.